<laughs> yes. <laughs> Trey keeps saying, just uh, Trey, dad, just cut off the beard and keep the mustache. I'm like, no. I mean, you would have a handlebar. <laughs> I would. I mean, I, I spend most of my day like twisting this. All PJ, day. did you know that, that we're already recording? Oh, we are? This is all live. <laughs> nice. Hello to all of our love, good patrons and listeners of the podcast. Hello there. PJ Anderson in the flesh. Yeah. And I, I kind of wish that, you know, we had some way to smoke this. I know. I don't know about together in COVID times, but I mean, you know, together, we, we two different will. cigars, but indoors, we got to figure this out one day. I know. Look at podcasting to be like a saloon or a salon or whatever those called. Like a saloon. Well, saloon. A saloon. Salon yeah. is not what we're going for. <laughs> not salons. That's, that's, yeah, that's a different thing. Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. What's up, everybody? Welcome, as always, to the podcast. This is a super exciting episode. As you can already tell, I'm sitting down with a very dear friend of mine. His name is PJ Anderson. Anybody who has known me for a while would just be very aware that PJ is someone that I've traveled the world with. He's an artist that I have the privilege of often sharing a stage with, not so much these days, but in previous eras of human history, as in pre-COVID-19 eras. And he is a Nashville boy, originally from Chicago, though, who has met the Pope, all right, who doesn't think twice about traveling the world not only as a tour guide, but as a husband and father, he'll bring his wife, his beautiful, beautiful wife, Rachel. There are three kids. They've spent entire summers in Rome, for example, leading pilgrimage tours for groups all over the all over the world. It's really amazing stuff. And today we get to talk about really what does it mean to live our lives on pilgrimage? You know, not all of us are creatives. Maybe we don't all struggle with writer's block like artists often do. PJ talks about that today. But when life kind of gets crazy, especially when it comes with disappointments or just hurdles along the way, how do we see even those disappointments and hurdles as part of the pilgrimage? Part of the pilgrimage with beauty, towards beauty, towards our ultimate fulfillment, which is, of course, in the truth, right? In the truth of God's love and the truth of what it means to be human, which is what we're all about around here. So hang tight. Enjoy this song from PJ. It comes off of his 2012 album, Grace Beyond Strength. It's called Don't Give Up On Me. Some find truth in the lies Find comfort in wearing a disguise But you lead me to the truth You live for me And I will live for you And please, baby, please Don't give up on me My love, oh, it stretches As far as I see I feel you in my heart And I see you in my dreams So please, baby, please Don't give up on me PJ Anderson, one of my dearest and closest friends 
Welcome to the podcast. Hey, How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Such a pleasure. It's been a real joy. 10, nah, not quite 10, but I think we're pushing seven or eight years of friendship. Oh yeah, definitely. Why this hasn't happened yet, that's that's my fault. Life wow. is crazy. It's okay. But what most people don't know is that we have traveled the world together. We have. We have done events together all over the country and beyond. And what they also are learning for the first time is that you have one of the most luscious beards anybody <laughs> has ever seen, man. What is going oh, on with man. that thing? Oh, was, it's got to feel good though, you know? It does feel good. I mean, there's stages of it. You know, there, initially it's itchy and then it goes away and then it comes back. And now it's like Nashville's a hundred plus degrees. So it's really not the best time to grow your hair out long and, and a beard. I'm, I'm My goal is to get like full Jesus I don't know if I'm going to make it though. And you got your Jesus sandals. Are you wearing them I do. Right I don't now? have them on right now. Oh yeah. I'm I a can't, if I'm going to do like a music thing, I have to wear boots because yeah. otherwise I feel like less of a musician. It, it's true. Know? Especially in, in country music. Yeah. Exactly. You know, capital. Well, hang on a second. Let's just talk about the sandals because I'm right now wearing, you know, just very traditional, very traditional Birkenstocks and they're fine. They're comfortable. I love them. We, still, we've bought Jesus sandals together. I know. I really miss those. Yeah. Mine break. I've been through two already. Yeah. The kind that go in between your toes. I know. Yeah. Yours haven't broken? They haven't broken, but um, I didn't wear them nearly as much as you did. I wore uh, them out, man. Yeah. It was bad. See, Rachel, my wife, she she wears them out. Like she'll have two pairs of those before I go through one of them. But Dang. it all links back to wearing boots in Nashville. Like yeah. you kind of just have to do that. And so. most people, based on even like the tone of voice with which you sing which is a sweet tone. <laughs> it's kind of hard for us to believe you're not a Southern boy. Yeah. You're I'm, from you're from outside Chicago. I am it's outside like Chicago. It's practically a scandal. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. hardly believe it. Yeah. I don't know where this little twang came from, but it, it's there. It's in it's, you. Yeah. It's in you. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there's probably a lot of potential causes, right? Like you are one of the few people I know personally that I would call a very dear friend who has met many, many popes. I have. Many of whom would have probably immediately been excited that you were a Tennessee boy because of their love for JD and other Tennessee known things across the world. Maybe there was some desire to really identify, you know, with yes. the local culture from which you came. Yeah, my wife's Southern, so it just it, it, it's North Carolina. Yeah, it's North Carolina, so it, she kind of drew that out. I say things like "y'all" now, and, yeah. and my my Northern friends make fun of me, but it's okay. I love it, and this is actually part of what has sparked our friendship so deeply from the outset is that we we do have a common love for Rome and mm -hmm. for popes. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting here looking at a rosary that you just gave me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't even know how many of our listeners are Catholic. I, I once gave a rosary. I've done this many times, actually, given rosaries to non-Catholics and they kind of mm -hmm. hold it up like it's a like a snake or something. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a weird thing if you're a not used away to it, from you know? Them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think everybody can appreciate Pope John Paul II, one of the greatest leaders of the mm -hmm. 20th first century. I mean, where would the world be without that man? I say 21st, 20th century. I always you know? say that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Catholic or even Christian, like what he did for the world. Game changer. Game changer. You know? I mean, him, Ronald Reagan and Lady Thatcher, yeah. most responsible for the end of the Cold War. As we exactly. Know, you know, yeah. the fall of communism, which mm -hmm. seems to be making a comeback in these times. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a little bit of Marxism out there that yep. freaks me out most days. But this rosary was blessed by Pope John Paul II a week before he died. Yep. Come on, man. Yeah, I was, you know, you know this, but I uh, lived in Rome a couple different times. And my second time of living there was working at a school. And it was the year that Pope John Paul died. So we went to all of the Easter masses and services. And then, you know, the Colosseum oh. for stations across the, the iconic one where he was too frail to come to it. But he, he was in his chapel. 
And it, that was projected on the big screen at the Coliseum. And then Easter Sunday, he, he Pope Benedict celebrated Mass, and Pope John Paul came out of his window and, and blessed all of us. And yeah, totally. So my mind is blown. Them. My heart is being stretched even as you speak. Mm. But let's just go ahead and share one of the greatest stories that I've ever heard you share. And I've probably only heard it a couple of times now. You met Pope John Paul II. Like he, he actually had words of, of affection yeah. to share with you at a young age. Tell us about. It. I mean, come on, that's not something any of us can claim. Oh, man, it's it's still surreal to me that it happened. I just was in my music room today, and I, I saw the photo of it. It's it's like front and center in in the room to remind me all the time. But I looked at it, and it's still blows my mind that that happened. But I was 15 years old. It was my mm. first time to Rome. And that's what started my love of, of Rome was that trip and was with my parents and some others from our church. And our pastor said, you know, good news and bad news night before. He's like, we had no idea what's about to happen. But he, he said, you know, bad news is we have to wake up at about four in the morning tomorrow. And to a high school kid, that's rough. That's like the worst thing ever. But he's like, but it's for a good, good purpose because we have a private mass with Pope John Paul. Wow. That immediately took away all the bad news. And we were <laughs> amazed that this was going to happen. And there were about, you know, we went to mass and it was in the, the grottos outside in the Vatican gardens. And, um, like an outdoor mass. Mm -hmm. Whoa. In that Lord's little Lord's grotto. That's that back there. Wow. Yeah. There's a little one back there. You can see it from when you're up on the dome, which mm -hmm. we've been many times together. So cool. But yeah, there was a mass with about 30 people and like a gaggle of nuns, you know, I don't know if that's, the, don't know if that's the technical term. <laughs> oh, but it's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And afterwards, after mass, you can go up and shake his hand and kiss his ring. And he gives you a rosary that he blessed that looks a lot like this one right here Amazing. with his crucifix on it and, and the white, white stones. But he shook my hand and, and he called me a good boy. <laughs> which you've been living up to ever since. Yeah. Oh, I, I at least <laughs> use it against my parents for the rest of my life. Like whenever I got in trouble, like you can't, I can't be grounded. Like remember what JP2 said? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. I think your mom is in part responsible for our fraternal bond. Oh, I yes. mean, we, yeah, we yes. just had many moments early on in our friendship with your yes. mom and oh, yeah. books. And my mom loves you. So I oh, mean, yeah. well, everyone does, but it's like, mutual. Yeah. yeah. And every time that my mom comes to Nashville, She'll bring a box of books and she's like, you and Jimmy go through these, <laughs> whatever so you, I don't cool. want them anymore. I've read them all. So you guys pick through them and it's not so just for me. Good. It's it's for you too. And what she probably doesn't know at this point is I've, I've gotten geekier by the year. <laughs> I have 800 or so books, oh all categorized, gosh. alphabetized. Yeah. It's like in it's, digital, it's right? Yeah. I got this Libib app, which I highly recommend. That's amazing. Uh, I'm holding this out like you're looking at my phone right now, but it's like, literally, I can tell you exactly what I own, probably when I bought it because it was when it was entered. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty crazy. And obviously you are, I think an artist par excellence. Mm -hmm. I mean, even just all the way down to like, you were very late for this podcast. Right? <laughs> oh, I mean, let's late. be honest. I'm so sorry. But come on, that is the sign of genius. Oh, Tardiness is, is always a sign of genius. Oh, Punctuality. That's... I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, it's I have the pretenders. I've always said, like, sometimes, like, and this is just me copping out, but people that come early to things, that's just as rude as being late. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm not ready for you yet. I'm still cleaning up. I got, I got stuff uh, to do. What would you say about the on timers? I mean, there's some of those out there. They call you, you right are, on time. You're, you're on, time, right and, on time. And I, you know, I appreciate that. I <laughs> wish I could do that, but I just, and I used to, like blame the kids, like which is a good we have three kids. But out. now yeah. I've given up on that. And I, if I show up late somewhere, I, I say oh, I'm sorry I'm late. It's just part of who I am as a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's zero excuse for it. You know, I love it. I love so. it. Well, speaking of who you are as a person, obviously you've had 
album after album. For mm. a while there, it was like, holy smokes, he can't even like slow down. Mm. We were pumping out, I think, a new album every summer. I was. And obviously, when you first came to Nashville eight years ago, I think you had written quite a few songs. Maybe you had, was it an EP at the time? The one um, that has that love song that I was like initially so obsessed it, with. It, it's it was a full it was ten songs. So that but was a full I had already tracked five songs in Chicago, and then yeah. I came here and moved on a Thursday. By Tuesday, I was in the studio recording already. That's so uh, cool. And put that out. But yeah, don't give up on me. That's that that's song. the one. Yeah, yeah. And how do you do it? You know, like how do you show up in a town like Nashville? You're obviously friends with some of the finest singer songwriters in the world. You know, you're surrounded by talent. How do you not get overwhelmed? You know, I mean. I do. You know, that's the thing. It's, it's a Nashville is a funny place. It, it's, it's the most encouraging and it can be discouraging if you mm. let it get to you. Like I'm, we're, both of us, we're friends with people that, that are like same level as, as me as a musician or just getting started or like Grammy winners and or Grammy nominated, you know? And if you let that get to you, which I do sometimes, mm -hmm. it's like that can eat at you. Yeah. Um, but you just have to, that's what I'm, that's what this time has been for me. A time of realizing, you know what success and what, is, what does that even mean? That's right. You know what, what I, I think we both read a book that it's a very short book, the, the boy, the fox, the mall and the so horse. Good. I don't know if that's the right order, but one of the very first things in that book is it, it's a, a series of questions. He says, what, what, what is one of your goals in life? And it's to be kind. And that's, mm. God didn't ask us to go be successful. He said, go love each other, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but still, those ambitions are still there. And so moving to Nashville, I just realized pretty quickly, if I, I can't fake this anymore. Mm. If I want to do this, I have to write mm. a lot. If I want to be a songwriter, you know, a car salesman sells cars every day. The mailman brings the mail every day. If you want to write songs, you got to write songs every day. And so yeah. I, I challenged myself to write a song a, a week for a year. And that really spurred a, a lot of you know a lot of good songs a lot of bad songs but it's <laughs> that's all part of the process yeah. so i've been writing a lot during this time too of of being uh in our homes and yeah. spend a lot also having a good balance of writing and and working but also being being with our family i mean this virus good. has leveled out the world mm -hmm. equalized it's sort of like a, a global dmv session we've all just been <laughs> yes. humbled by this and we all kind of feel like okay yeah we're on the same page we had the same plight. It was funny for us, right? Because depending on when this episode releases, it could have been months ago, weeks ago. Yeah. But we saw Stephen Curtis Chapman, Mac Powell, yeah. Michael W. Smith, oh, some of our heroes, you know, all on stage together at a drive-in theater tour. I promise you, at no point in their professional careers did they think they'd be on stage at a drive-in theater. Yeah. You all, know? And all together all on together. the same stage. Yeah. These are crazy times. And they I, really are. I'm curious because obviously we have some of the same heroes and, and many sort of unique heroes, great artists, great popes, great saints, and also just great creatives, you know, even in our day-to-day -day lives. Who do you look to? You know, who are your standard bearers these days? Well, I just finished a book about Pope John Paul mm -hmm. um, and he continues to to inspire me stories that I read in that book that I never knew. And I thought I knew a lot about Pope John Paul. Written by Jason Everett. I feel yeah. like he had a lot of intimate time with either the Pope himself or people around him, right? I mean, some of yeah. those stories, like how does he even, how does he know? Yeah. You know? I know. It's crazy yeah. stuff. It is crazy. And, you know, there's other saints and other, I'm, I'm reading another book right now called 1000 Gifts, which and is- Voskin. And Voskin. That's right, yeah. yeah. It's like rocking my world right now. But yeah, I mean, Pope Francis- 
I love Pope Francis. He's kissed all three of our kids. So we have, we have a special bond there. But but also, you know, who challenges me a lot is is my wife and, mm. and bouncing things off each other. And, and this has been a time of really being able to look each other in the eyes and yeah. have conversations because we haven't been able to leave our house very much, mm. you know, and, and our kids even realize that. So there's, we've had those moments of, Let's let's have some deep conversations, which we had in the past too. But life gets life gets really busy. That's right. That was just part of that book this morning. I was I, I went on a walk and then I decided to go on a run, which I haven't run in like oh ten gosh. years. I can't even picture this. This uh, is amazing. No, I haven't run in like ten years, and I waited till it was 104 degrees at 11 a.m. to go on a run. But oh, wow. before I was doing that, I was I was reading, I was listening to that 1,000 gifts and. I wish I had my phone with me to look up. I wrote it in my phone, but it was something about how the busyness of life just ruins. Uh, it can ruin a lot mm. of things, a, a lot of moments that we just kind of smear with being busy, mm. and and we forget to see the beauty. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I really think sometimes beauty and busyness are like polar opposites. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, you just yeah. don't even have the space in your soul yeah. to encounter the beautiful when it's just constantly going. Yeah. And I think you and I are similar enough. We're both ENFPs in our Briggs world. We sure and, are. And uh, so is Rachel, your wife. Mm-hmm. So it's just about everybody you ever hired to help lead pilgrimages in Rome, <laughs> which is interesting. ENFPs band together. Yeah. But that does kind of make it hard, I think, to, to buckle down sometimes when, mm-hmm. frankly, at the end of the day, you just love being with people. You love connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And some of that is the deep and meaningful conversations. But a lot of it can just be the, like, you know, I love working in a room. Yeah. I love being uh, at the yeah. party and just like making my rounds and making everybody feel special for about 30 seconds. And then I'm on to the next. I love like connecting people. Yeah, and I know. So I'm sure you're always navigating that when you've got also a career, you know, a family, mm-hmm. commitments, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, at one point, you guys were probably the most entrepreneurial couple I knew <laughs> between Airbnb, between tiny homes, yeah. between the the boutique oh, what's the name of it pocket shop pocket shop a little I mean, airstream come yeah. on yeah i said this in the little book i just recently gave you guys yeah. you are my favorite and by far my most inspiring entrepreneur couple ever oh, ever ever <laughs> ever we're a little crazy yes just, it takes a little craziness but that's part of it yeah it is i mean <laughs> you know and it all stems from doing things that we love like playing music and writing songs I love that. That's in me. Starting businesses is in Rachel, like leading pilgrimages to Rome with a company we started called Chow Roma Travel. And you've been one of our, you know, trustees, tour guides. And like, you're like way more than a tour guide. You are like a community builder, honestly. (laughs) Like you gel those groups of people that have never met before and bring them and make them feel like they've known each other forever. But so I'm thankful for that. Mm. But yeah, I mean, they're all things that we love to do. And like the pocket shop, little we renovated a little 1968 airstream turned it into a little boutique and we built a tiny house in our backyard i mean as i say these things i realize we're a little crazy <laughs> a little crazy so good <laughs> tell tell everybody actually a little bit more about Chiaroma because obviously living over there is one mm-hmm. thing studying over there running a, a a dormitory a student life experience for americans i mean that's all one thing to then decide this is going to be a part of the rest of my life. And I'm going to actually start a business that's going to Mm -hmm. help others experience Rome, even if it is just for eight or 10 days Mm -hmm. at a time. There's a lot that goes into that. What is it called? How do people sign up? Mm -hmm. How do you guys even sort of decide what a a week or a 10-day experience in Rome looks like? You obviously do other excursions to Assisi. 
Yeah, I think most people are really intrigued by the idea of adventure and the mm-hmm. idea of pilgrimage, being pulled out of their comfort zone, out of complacency, out of everything that they know. You guys provide that experience mm-hmm. in a really epic way. Tell us about it. Yeah, and it's funny you say adventure because that's what we call the our pilgrimages. We call them pilgrimage adventures. Love it. Because it's it's adventurous. It's it's not your normal get on a bus and get 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 Tattered around the city, like we are in. We're getting dirty. We're smelling like the sheep, you know. Like we were in this like six mile run up the mountain in the CC, <laughs> yeah. trying to catch up with you guys that, oh, that one morning. Was amazing, oh, man, so bad. But yeah, the the idea came just when I lived there. Friends and family would come visit, and I would put together these little weekends and or like five day things. And that after that year was up of of living and working in Rome, came home, became a youth minister at my church where I grew up, and I. I told the youth group, like, guys, I'm a marketing major. I had I have no youth ministry training. I don't really know what I'm doing. I always helped with youth group, but let's come up with some ideas together for your youth group because I need a little help. They came up with some good ideas and some yeah. bad ideas, just like songwriting. There's good ones, there's bad ones, and there's great ones. And one of the great ones was they wanted to go on a pilgrimage to Rome. They knew that I was missing That's it. That's amazing. And so we planned it for our, our youth group two years in a row and there were two years, two trips, 2006 and 2008. And then all adults in my church were like, all right, time out. You're taking all these kids. And you know, it, it, it's the, the amount of work that went into planning it for the youth group and, and being in charge of a bunch of high school students really did shape that trip into being, taking this ENFP, Enneagram 7, late to everything person and making me be organized mm. and pick out like what, what did I like about going on a tour when I lived in Rome? What did I not like? And what? how do I get the groups to all these places that I want to take them and so they can experience the Lord at all these places? And I always say, like, we, we point out all the beautiful artwork in the churches and the statues and, and all the, the beautiful things. But I always remind them, when you have your free time, after I've given you the little tour, you can go look at all those things, but also like the most important reason that we're here is because Jesus is here and mm. go visit that blessed sacrament chapel that mm. is also really beautiful. <laughs> but <laughs> And but there may not have like the last supper table up above it. <laughs> exactly. Know, behind a golden yeah. plaque. Yeah, St. John Lateran. You can pray in front like so where Jesus had the last supper. It's crazy. So it's, it's just a love and a passion that both Rachel and I have. And, mm. and it, it, I always tell the groups when we prep them for this, like... This has not gotten old for me or for Rachel. Like, and, and I hope that comes out every time I tell somebody about yeah. a trip and, and about a church. It's every time I step foot off that plane, I'm just reinvigorated with the love that I have for Rome and that city. And, you know, that's, that, that's the love of the Lord that's, yeah. you know, coming through that city for me. It's Christmas morning every time. Every time. The Every only time. thing that even like stands up as a parallel is um, Michael W. Smith Live. Boom. Is that, there is that it just is. Me? Yeah, just yeah. Me? I don't know. <laughs> PJ, I would love to just hear about music, what you're working on, what you're kind of aiming towards right now. Yeah. Some of the songs that you might even perform for us yes. at the end of this podcast. Yes. Everybody stay tuned. Yeah. I, you know, it was, we moved to Nashville. It was every, every year I was putting on a record and- which, by the way, is well represented by this mug right Ooh, now. Hey, mercy, 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 mercy. That was the last full-length album, and you can get caught up in that. You can get caught up in like, oh, I have to do that every year. The process, I have to do this. but then also like you can get caught up in with life and be like, oh, I'm gonna take a little time off. And it wasn't really intentional, but I'm realizing that this time of of quarantine has really made me think about those things. And actually, the the, the time before quarantine, two weeks before we 
were quarantined. Rachel and I were with my parents on a pilgrimage with Father Rocky from Relevant Radio so in crazy. the Holy Land. So um, and we, before coronavirus was even a th- like really as serious as it as it is, we came home from that. Or we were prepping to come home from that pilgrimage just to be more simple and mm. and to pray more together with with each other with our kids to get rid of things we don't need stop mm. compiling all these things that we don't need and whether that's things or busyness and and then also just it's been a time of like how can i not come home from walking where jesus walked and and not have songs and they're they're starting to come out now yeah. and and i i'm so excited cuz it, it having been a little bit of time in between releasing records it's it can be a little daunting too. Like, you know, when I was a kid, I'm like, writer's block, what is that? These authors and musicians, what are they, why do they take so much time in between? But the more time that goes, the easier it is to be like, oh, I can just keep keep cruising a little bit. Yeah. And, and I don't want to anymore. I'm ready to get some music out. Mm. And 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 the, the songs that I've been writing, I'm really, really excited about. And they're, they're all coming from that place of being in this little tiny space where Jesus's tomb is and being able to touch that stone mm. and to be able to touch the stone of, of Golgotha and to, to be on a boat in the sea of Galilee. So I feel very inspired right now and mm. I can't wait to put out some music. I literally can't imagine. Mm. I mean, in some ways, maybe this, this next project, these next series of songs can be a, a bit of a pilgrimage for the rest of us mm-hmm. to experience some of those moments as life-changing encounters for you mm-hmm. through your perspective, through these songs. Yeah. Maybe tell us about the one you're going to play. And actually before you do that, mm-hmm. because what's going to happen is I'm going to step away and the camera's going to zoom in on you hard. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get to experience some beautiful, <laughs> right. beautiful live music. Before that happens, I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly how to stay in touch with you, how to sign up for a pilgrimage, how to follow you on Spotify sure. and social media. Maybe even, you know, like where to, you know, check out the uh, podcast full of pocket pocket shop because i was shop. just thinking like does that thing travel is that, i know it's getting fixed up right now it is getting fixed up i mean the the plan is to you know it can be a little shop but it can also be something we take out as a family but it also might be it might be coming to a parking lot near you that's what i'm thinking for some outdoor concerts I mean, is the tiny home still available for rent i mean what kinds of <laughs> possibilities do we have for yeah. engaging with the anderson Come empire on. That's exactly. what we're talking about here. Exactly. So the shiny little Airstream might be coming to a church parking lot <laughs> sometime soon. That's the plan. It's been that's where I've been like doing some live streams and recording some music. Dude, and they're coming out great. Yeah. It's been so fun to watch so, those. Yeah. So tell us blast. just the whole thing. How can we be sure. following and definitely engaging with what you're doing? Sure. PJAndersonmusic.com. And from there you can see all the social media handles and everything but on instagram and youtube and mm. spotify just pj anderson and so new music's coming out soon and a lot of a lot of content a lot of i've been reflecting a lot writing some some blogs and and different things so those are gonna so cool. once again stemming from that time in the holy land so keep an eye on pj anderson music.com and, and instagram those are probably the like the and spotify those are the most ones i use the most and then um ChowRomaTravel.com and no one ever knows how to spell or say Chow. It's not C-I-O. It's Chow. C-I-A-O Roma. ChowRomaTravel.com. And making the whole groups that want to book you. Yeah, we have potentially right now, we had three trips canceled this year because of COVID, but they've all rescheduled for next year. So hopefully that, that all happens. I would just, wouldn't you just love to be transported to Rome right now when no yes. one's there? Do you know Michelle Manico? Yes. She was just there. I know. And she said it was empty. <laughs> 
I know. I mean, just so I'm sacred so, and so I antique. texted her. I'm like, I'm so jealous that you were. She sent me a picture of her in St. Peter's Square with literally That's no one crazy. there. So I was like, hey, can we write? She's like, well, I'm funny you text me because I'm here right now <laughs> in the place that you're that all the time. <gasps> like, come on. I'm so jealous. But yeah, we have three, four trips planned next year. So hopefully they hopefully they happen. But yeah, so we'll, we'll get you back on one of those too. We, well, uh, I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just look forward to the continued inspiration that I know comes and just simply being your friend being Rachel's friend, watching just one inspiration and and I would say heroic act of courage after another unfold. I mean, from raising three beautiful kids, mm-hmm. from starting so many different companies, some of which have taken off, others mm-hmm. of which are like, oh yeah, okay, then we need to put that one to rest. Like most yeah. people don't know, it's like the, the Michael Jordan mm-hmm. stat, like he took so many more shots than he yeah. ever made. And that's the life of an entrepreneur. That's the life mm. of a songwriter. Yeah, As you yeah. said, so many songs that you hope the world never actually has to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? John Foreman would say the same thing. Every mm-hmm. great songwriter that's ever lived would say the same thing. Didn't he do like a song a day? For like a year. Uh, for a year? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm sure like that. he doesn't want anyone to hear more than like <laughs> yeah. 30 of those. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. So tell I us think you th- told me that a long time ago. Maybe it was Michael W. Smith that said like for every 100 songs he writes, like maybe one of them's like a hit or something. That's, or like a song that gets sung in church. That's yeah. crazy. Um, so I don't think about it. There's sometimes upwards of a hundred songs per every album that yeah. are written for every album. Yeah. They're only choosing 10 or 12 mm-hmm. and out of the 10 or 12, there's maybe two or three hits. Yeah, exactly. That stand the test of time. Yeah. Well, Tell us about the hit we're about to hear. This is the hit. It's a song I wrote. I've written a lot of songs in Washington, DC when I've been there for events and, and most of the time it's for the March for Life. And I'm there for long periods of time because I'm playing a bunch of different events. And one this this last year I was there and I had like a day where I had nothing no events to play. So I said, I'm gonna lock myself in my room and I'm mm, not coming out yes, I until I write a song. And I I was having the hardest time, honestly. Like I I just wasn't feeling good about any melodies. Was not I was struggling to find words. And so I'm like one of our mutual friends, Matt, says, you know, he he uh Everyone asks him about asks him about songwriting. Like, how do you write all these genius songs? He's like, well, I just steal words from dead guys. And so, <laughs> uh, so I went to I went to the Bible and I opened up Psalms and I made it to Psalm four, and that's where the the opening lines of this song come from, where David's talking about how we we spend a lot of time focusing on worthless things and it it consumes us. And I see that today still in, in myself and in others too. Like we, the things that we focus on comparing ourselves to others on social media, to, to being the, the, I always say this to high school kids, like to being the best at literally everything you do. That's not even possible mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't do it. Don't try to be good, but that's a lot of pressure yeah. to be the best. Say you're in high school to be the best student, the best athlete, the best musician, the best son or daughter, that's a lot of pressure. And not that all those things are worthless, but but we do focus a lot of our time on things that that take us away from what's important and, and mostly take us away from the most important thing of loving God. And and so this is a song that's that's about that, about how and, and I just read this today. It was one of my favorite quotes from Pope John Paul, looking at this rosary, he's inspired this whole mm. conversation, I feel like. He said it is, I think this was at a World Youth Day, which we've both been to a couple of those. He said, it is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. Mm. He is the beauty to which you are so attracted. It is Jesus that you, that you seek when you dream of happiness. And when everything else leaves you wanting more, 
he's there. And so this is a song called All I Want Is Jesus. It's amazing. Is mm-hmm. it new? It's new. It hasn't, it, like, there's, it hasn't been recorded Have yet. Have I ever heard it? I don't think you've ever heard it. I'm so honored. Yeah. Everybody, so. this is All I Need Is You. All I Need Is Jesus. All I Need Is Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> all I Need Is You, PJ. Uh, no, all I don't even know the name of my song. All I Want all Is I Jesus. All I Want Is Jesus. <laughs> Soon to be released. Maybe on a project, maybe a single. Yep, absolutely. PJ, thanks for joining us. It's been an absolute Man. privilege. Same here. We'll let you do your thing. All right. I have spent a life chasing after lies. I have loved what is worthless. I've been weary and burdened, broken and hurting. My soul has found little rest until I say that all I want is you. Yes, all I need is you. All I want is Jesus. Yes, all I want is you. All I want is Jesus. My soul can rest in you Cause you have changed my life Corrected every lie You have shown me what I am worth And all the doubt and confusion Worry and abusing Is gone When I speak this truth The simple truth that all I want is you Yes, all I need is you All I want is Jesus Yes, all I want is you All I want is Jesus My soul can rest in you Cause you have crushed all the lies And covered every loss You have given us life When you died on that cross You have crushed all the lies And covered every loss You have given us life When you died on that cross You have crushed all the lies And covered every loss You have given us life when you died on that cross. You have crushed all the lies and covered every loss. You have given us life when you died. 
soul and one is Jesus. Yes, all and one is you. Yes, all and one is Jesus. My soul can rest in you. All and one is Jesus. Yes, all and one is you. All and one is Jesus. My soul can rest in you. My soul can rest in you. My soul finds rest in you. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I mean, we, we began this episode with one of PJ's oldest songs off his 2012 record. And now we've just heard a song live that is not even released yet. And this is one of the great joys of Love Good, isn't it? Right? That we are constantly raising our standard for music books and art, but also discovering new music books and art that otherwise we may never encounter, right? These algorithms on Spotify, on YouTube and elsewhere, they're not designed, right? To care about truth, beauty, and goodness. They're designed to manipulate us, right? They're designed to make us addicts to the platform. So we keep coming back for more. And what's so amazing, right? About authenticity, about artistry, about people like PJ, patrons, like the the hundreds out there across eight different countries who make love good possible is that there is in fact something different when you really root who you are and what gifts you bring to the world in truth, beauty, and goodness. When you really allow your, your faith to not become this kind of awkward, forced part of who you are, but this deeply authentic and integrated part of who you are. And I've always seen that in PJ, man. He makes loving Jesus so cool, all right? And uh, if you've not listened to much of PJ's music until today, go check him out on Spotify. In fact, right now, we have an amazing opportunity for everybody who is not yet a patron to go to joinlovegood.com. You're gonna get your welcome package for free. You're also gonna get immediate access to all of our premium content. And that includes the the full length video of this podcast with PJ and so many other amazing live stream concerts and talks from our contributors like Dr. Ryan Hanning and of course, Father Ryan Dorjan and so many others. So if you have not yet made the leap, okay, gotten off the fence and become a Love Good patron, this is a great week to do it. Go to joinlovegood.com. Know of our love and our prayers from all of us here at Love Good to all of you. Have an amazing rest of your week and we'll see you next time around. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.